Hassan in Swahili dedicated to all you beautiful people around the world. We say Jumbo. Podcast. I'm Richard Lewis, your host, as we discuss issues related to global missions and the worldwide outreach of the Great Commission. Well, today uh, we have a guy that I've known for a few years now, not a long time, and uh, I'm going to probably butcher his name, but his name is Santiago <laughs> Abuja, uh, and uh, he is um, a pastor, uh, a missionary. Uh, he's a missionary from uh, Ecuador, and uh, he's pastoring here in the United States, uh, or at least he's going to explain uh, exactly what he does. So, Santiago, welcome to the uh, podcast. Well, uh, Richard, thank you so much for the honor to be here with you and to, to share a little bit of, uh, of myself and what we're doing here. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, a real blessing. Thank you so much for your invitation. That's uh, it's good. Hey, listen, Santiago, um, I, every podcast, uh, I ask the same opening question, and that is, what is, uh, what, what's your story? What's your journey in missions? So uh, you're from Ecuador. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how you grew up, how you became a Christian, uh, and how did you end up becoming a missionary to the United States? Oh, well, my, my, my story is quite a, um, it has a lot of things involved. Basically, um, I, I grew up in a household that was uh, mainly Catholic. Uh, we, and most of the, you know, most of the uh, Hispanic, church, uh, Hispanic countries or Latin American countries basically are um, Catholics. So we, I grew up on that, and I also went to school, a Catholic school. So I was learning about the Catholic faith for years and years. Uh, when I was probably 10 years old, we're talking about around 1982, uh, was when my mother's sister, my aunt, um, started having health issues. And one of the neighbors uh, was reaching for her and bring um, a missionary who was from the uh, United States um who came and talked about jesus to my uh, my aunt and that's how my aunt being sick was start looking for hope uh was getting close to god and that was the time when my mother at the same time seeing her uh, sister you know uh, struggling with cancer she also started going to to this uh meet meeting this uh this missionary uh, so at a very young age, I started going to church, the Christian church. Uh, the missionary was uh, uh, Jimmy Smith, who, who came from the state and went to, uh, uh, went to Ecuador. And he just, he just started the ministry there for a couple of years, I believe. And then it's now, uh, we ended up uh, going to, to start not, uh, listening more about the gospel at the mm -hmm. age of the 12. I became a Christian. I, I received Christ as my personal savior, and then I got baptized. Mm -hmm. For almost three, four years, our church was start growing, 
in the beginning was mission uh, uh, work, and then we we became a church actually. We bought a property and we went to to another place when we start um, building the the property. At that time, Pastor Smith started um, the first uh, mission offering for from our church to start supporting missionaries. Mm-hmm. And the the first very missionary that we support, and I didn't know who was until later on, it was uh, Rachel Saint. Uh, Say that again. Rachel, Rachel Saint. Okay. Uh, uh, um, what is uh, the the one of the pilots that, that died of the uh, the jungle in Ecuador? She sure. was uh, was saint. You remember the father missionaries that passed away in sure. Ecuador yeah. in 1954. Uh, right, the early fifties. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh, one of the sisters of them who actually went into the jungle and reached the Waranis. She was the first very missionary that our church started supporting. At that time, I was 12, no, 13, 14, I believe. And I started listening to the stories that a lady went into the jungle of my country to start reaching uh, um, people in the jungle. It was something that I really amazed my, my mind. I mean, caught my attention. I was thinking, that's cool. I mean, so <laughs> amazing, you know, going to into the jungle to reach people for Christ. I and didn't know exactly. That's amazing how that uh, Nate Saint and the, those other four guys, they were um, uh, killed uh, there trying to reach um, uh, the people there in the jungle. And uh, his sister ends up going back to Ecuador to minister to those people. And you as a Ecuadorian church was supporting this, I'm uh, guessing this North American missionary uh, that uh, was working uh, in the jungle. That's a, a kind of a full circle, isn't it? And uh, how the Lord uh, has uh, used uh, missions and missionaries in, in, all, in all types of ways. So uh, you became uh, challenged and encouraged as a young boy that uh, here is uh, someone that's uh, working in the jungles. Go ahead and pick up the story from there. Yes, yes, exactly. What you say is exactly right. Being there, um, I mean, I grew up with that idea. Well, it, it, things happened in my life. My parents got divorced, uh, separated, they got divorced. I ended up uh, living with my grandfather because my mom came to the state at that time. That was 1988. My uh, my father, because of his job, he used to travel around the, uh, my country, so he was not always at home. So we ended up under the guardianship of my uh, my grandfather and my, one of my aunts. For that reason, I moved away from my church. At that time, we didn't, in our country, we didn't have so much uh, Christian churches. So that was the time when I started stepping out of the church uh, and I started losing my relationship with the Lord. But the, the feeling and the, and the desire to serve the Lord was in my heart since that day. I do, I do remember that even when I, when I was away from church, uh, being still in, in a Catholic school, because it was a private school, I ended up, you know, the sign that I, I want to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, actually, at that time, the differences between one faith and the other. So uh, I was trying to go and reach the priest 
that was one of the priests that was one of the um, orientation persons over there. Hmm. And I was telling my story, hey, I want to serve the Lord, I want to do something. So we, I started thinking, well, missionary or priest or something, that will be something that I like. But that was a very young age. And then I ended up in, in, in college. In college, it was the time where I really started facing the world, I mean, the, the scene. And that was the time when I really, unfortunately, started walking away from the Lord at all and started living a sinful life. Mm-hmm. It took me 16 years to come back to the Lord after I left the church. Mm-hmm. So it was a long, long time. At the age of 32, after that deep conviction that my life was a sinful life, that I cannot stand more what I was doing, uh, I went to a retreat. On that retreat, uh, I faced my life and I was looking at everything I was doing and I asked forgiveness to the Lord and said, Lord, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this anymore. But I'm here. As a, I remember, as probably as I say, I was saying, you know, here I am. Uh, send me. Yeah. Uh, I, I say that to the Lord. Lord, I'm here. Send me whatever you want me to do. I need to preach the gospel. The first week, I hear about that my. Uh, it was a program with uh, in Ecuador. It was one of the gospel programs we lead by Billy Graham. It was on TV, mm. and the church was doing something, and that was the first one I was signed up for to be a host. To receive guests on my home and you know start preaching the gospel, and I was like a speaker on the day of Pentecost when you know the Holy Spirit came to me and I started talking about Jesus Christ as I said never before, and I was like, wow, that, what happened? <laughs> Where is Santiago? What what happened with him? And that day was I knew I need to do this, mm. so I left my career. I I'm veterinarian. I went to finish my career before that, so. I left my career and I decided I, I need to serve the Lord. So I went to talk with my pastor. Uh, I, I came back to the same church after a while. Uh, and I said to the pastor, the same the same missionary is still there. He, I told him, hey, I want to serve the Lord. So he, uh, Pastor Jim was like, okay, um, let's see what we can do. And I, rem- I do remember he offered me a position there as an assistant. I mean, helping doing dealing a lot of things that the church was needing in our countries. We we handle or we manage uh, administration differently than here. So we uh, he said, well, this is the only thing that I have, but it's not good enough. You are a veterinarian. You went to college, I mean. And I said, I don't care. I want to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up in uh, serving the Lord, leaving everything behind. Of course, everybody was not pleased in my family. And then I went to Bible Institute that we, in our church, we have a Bible Institute that serves as a, a, the main Bible Institute for our country, for our churches. Um, and that was the time when I started serving. I ended up being uh, the leader of the youth pastor of the youth ministry, uh, being uh, one of the persons that was uh, working on uh, the evangelist, uh, I mean, preaching the gospel, knocking doors, reaching people, doing discipleship, I mean, a lot of things. Hmm. But in my heart, it was, I want to serve the Lord. Yeah. One day, and I was curious because one day I went to one of the radio stations, the re- Christian radio station in my country, 
and I saw a, a, a world map right there in the big wall. <laughs> and I don't know why, and that was, <laughs> I don't know why, but to be honest, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. Right. I saw the map of, uh, I saw Morocco there. Hmm, Morocco. Uh, yeah, Morocco. And I was like, I wanna go to Morocco. I wanna be a missionary in Morocco. And that was my deepest desire for years. Hmm. To be years. It took me like a, probably seven years until I give up with that idea. But that was probably in 2005 uh, with these things happening. So I was growing and serving the Lord, you know, going to the Bible Institute. Um, but my mom, because she was here in the States in, in, the, in 2000, she put all the information for myself to become a resident. Hmm. So we were waiting for my residency, but for my green card to come to the state. Being a single guy it was it was difficult, less difficult than being a married child for when a parent wants to bring their child. Hmm. So my mom always told me, stay single, stay single. If it's not, I cannot bring you here. I said, like, okay, ma. Uh, even though you're not single even, yet. Yeah, even though you're in your 30s <laughs> at this time. So when yeah. you were looking at coming to America, then it wasn't, uh, was it to, to do ministry? I mean, you had a heart from Morocco, and then you had this opportunity of getting the green card here in uh, a residency here in uh, the U.S. So uh, tell us a little bit of um, your focus. Was it to come and work uh, in a secular job? Uh, or were you coming here to uh, to be a missionary? Yes, uh, it was it was not to be a missionary, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, well, first of all, uh, when they open to to come to the United States, the doors start open for to come to the states. The first thing that I did, uh, I was thinking in my mind, well, God put in my heart to be honest. Now I know because I like when I was in co in high school and 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 school. To be honest, and I'm sorry if that hurts you, Philip, but I hate English. Hmm. I didn't like English at all. I mean, it was one of the classes that I didn't matter at all. Actually, actually, I was, I almost didn't graduate from high school because of the score that I have in um, English class. So it was embarrassed. Uh, it was a shameful thing. Hmm. But, but when I was serving the Lord, the first thing that came to my mind is, Okay, if God wants me to to go to the United States, I need to learn English. So the intention to learn English was actually to to be able to minister here if God wants me to come here. Mm. Of course, it was not my my desire. My desire was to to get married first and to go to Morocco. That was my idea. I have a girl that I, I fell in love with her, but things didn't work with her. Uh, so my 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 heart was in Ecuador. I mean, I was thinking, okay, if God's gonna take me to another country, it, it must be directly to Morocco because I don't want to go to the United States. I mean, <laughs> I didn't see the reason for. It. Yeah, yeah. The more that I was spending time, there was more the conviction that I was against God's will if I didn't want to come to to the state. Well, fast forward then. Uh, you get to the states, and mm -hmm. what 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 do you do when you arrive? Uh, in the U.S. And what year was it that you arrived? My idea was to start getting involved with one church here hmm. and to use this as a platform to to get in contact with um, the missionary, the mission uh, organization, a missions organization 
and then from here to Guatemala. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my intention was, okay, we're going to do something here, but it's going to be a temporary thing because I don't want to, my goal was not to come to the state. Mm -hmm. Even people in my church, uh, in the beginning, they thought that I was coming uh, because of the American dream. My goal was not the American dream. It was, okay, I'm going to be there. I'm going to find a way to get to Morocco, and that is it. Mm -hmm. So okay. I came to to uh, work as a veterinarian. I came to work as a technician in one of the pet hospitals in New Jersey, where my mom lives. Uh, I was there for almost uh, six months when the conviction that from God, it was really deep. Hmm. It was, uh, you need to serve me, you need to follow me. So for my family again, to see me that I, my desire was to live my career as a veterinarian here. Having, you know, being a veterinarian, knowing that you can have a cool career and then have a, a good life. Hmm. Again, start thinking of living that to serve the Lord, it was a crazy. But I didn't want to stay here. My goal was again was going back to Ecuador because the ministry that I left in Ecuador it was it was amazing. I mean, it was a wonderful years, especially at the end when I was serving as a lead of the of the youth ministry. It, it, we have a wonderful time. A lot of things that we did with the with the young ones and the church, but uh, God was not leading me in that direction. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find a way. What I, do I need to do? What is God's will for my life? That was okay. in 2008, in the beginning. So I decided to leave the, my job and to came. I went to Ecuador for two months and trying to define exactly what he wants me, uh, what I need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to Ecuador, I think it was in May, but in April, I received the invitation from another missionary from our church that was serving in Spindle, Arkansas. So when I went to Ecuador, that was the time that God used me to use to and help me to understand that His will was actually to come to Arkansas to, to minister here. Okay, let, let me uh, stop you. Let me connect the dots a little bit. So you went back to Ecuador, leaving your job in New Jersey, and mm -hmm. you were invited by a uh, Ecuadorian. Uh, that was serving in Springdale, Arkansas. And so that's how you ended up in Springdale as well. Now, did he, uh, did he start uh, a ministry there in Springdale? Uh, and how long he, had he been here? And, uh, and so pick up the story there. So uh, he invited you and you come to Springdale, Arkansas. Um, but before I left Ecuador, uh, my church in Ecuador decide, decided to to send me as a missionary. So mm. that was the time when they ordained me as a missionary. So that was the first time when I actually came with, uh, you know, being sent by the church in Ecuador. Wonderful. Well, let yeah. me ask you this question, uh, Santiago, and I'm gonna uh, cut out mm -hmm. some of it. Uh, eventually, this uh, missionary that invited you uh, ended up going to uh, another part of the United States. Is that right? Yes, he went and to Tennessee. Yeah. And so uh, you came and worked with them, and then eventually you took over the ministry that uh, you had been invited to uh, by him and sent by the church. Is that right here in Springdale, Arkansas? No, it took a little bit of time. I'm going to try to be very sure on this. Mm -hmm. I came early. I came at that time, but it was in 2009. And the end of that year, when I was invited for another church in Harrison, hmm. uh, to work with a mission, I mean, with uh, 
a Spanish population that was brand new there and then they, they, uh, they were reaching a, a few folks that were living in Harrison. And the pastor, this pastor asked me to, to come because he, does, uh, he didn't speak in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So he was needing somebody. So mm -hmm. I went to Harrison for one year and then I went for two years to New Jersey as a, now as a pastor there for a church. And I was ordained and a pastor in, in New Jersey for two mm -hmm. years. And then when I came back to, to Arkansas again in and the end of 2012, the pastor that was there, the missionary you was mentioning, the Ecuadorian missionary, yeah, he went to, to Tennessee and left the church for another person with another person who didn't work. And that's why uh, the pastor at Temple called me and said, Santiago, will you please come back? Mm -hmm. So and that is how I ended up going back to, to, uh, to Ar coming back to Arkansas. But that was at the end of 2012. So God was using different locations or different things to help me to grow in the ministry and to, to, to develop um, who I am right now. I mean, he was using those times, rough times to be faithful, to grow. I mean, you know, God used different paths for every person. So it was not in the beginning when uh, the missionary loved the church and I, I, got, uh, I got the ministry there. Okay. Well, uh, I, you know, I'm learning the, this history along with everyone else in it. And uh, so, so you went uh, from uh, Harrison to back to New Jersey and then back to Springdale, Arkansas with Pastor Don Elmore and the Temple Baptist Church. And uh, when I met you, we were talking about um, the challenges that you have as a uh, uh, someone starting uh, or working in this country with um, Hispanics. And uh, you told me that uh, when I asked you one time, I said, how's the work going? Uh, you said, uh, in essence, uh, you said, uh, well, it's, it's not easy. It's not, uh, uh, it's, it's not easy to work with Hispanics. And I said, why? And uh, you said, well, it's because I'm from Ecuador. And uh, many of the people that you uh, were working with um, were from uh, Mexico. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Now, when I was in New Jersey, I'm oh, sorry, do you have something else to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. When I was in New Jersey, it was not quite, uh, I didn't struggle so much because we have a lot of South American people living in that area. So it's a lot of common culture, a lot of uh, things that we have in common as food, things like that. It was different. But when I came to Arkansas, especially in Springdale, when we just have most of the population is, is from Mexico and the Hispanic population, it was quite interesting because especially uh, I'm talking about food-wise, the, the, they eat different. Of course, <laughs> they, they love tortillas, as you know, everybody knows. They love tortillas to death, and they cannot conceived the idea that they cannot live without tortillas and it's not possible for nobody in the world to live without tortillas. So they thought that everybody used to eat tortillas and I told them I am not. And that was the first shock for them. And it was, it was quite interesting because also we have different um, words that we use as even, you know, in English is saying, you're coming from one country to another country to speak English, but we have different words we use the language different. It was a quite challenge. 
So it took me for a while to adjust that, to adjust the idea that I'm gonna, I'm gonna ministry people that they speak the same, that I speak the same language, but we communicate different, we eat different, we have different culture. So I have to adjust to them. So I have to learn their culture. I have to learn why they do this, how they do this. It was shocking for me the first time to see the eating with the fingers because <laughs> they use the tortilla to grab the food. I mean, we use a spoon or a fork or whatever, but they use the tortilla and everything that they eat is with the tortilla. So it was quite interesting for me. Well, it was difficult. I, uh, I, you know, I, I tell everyone that uh, going cross-culturally uh, is uh, something that you have to really pay attention to. And I think uh, for the, uh, and it was quite a, a, a learning a point for me when you told me that you were from Ecuador, you were working primarily with uh, uh, people from Mexico, and uh, that you had a bit of a culture adjustment. People have a tendency, at least I did, I had the uh, belief that, uh, you know, if you're uh, Latin and you're from, you speak Spanish, that you can work anywhere with uh, anybody. Uh, but uh, the reality is if uh, when you go to these uh, uh, different uh, uh, subcultures, if I can say it that way, I mean, you talk about mm -hmm. the Latin yeah. culture as the broad culture, and then you have uh, the uh, subcultures or uh, the other components of culture, which may be from Ecuador, Mexico, El Salvador, uh, you know, Peru, wherever. Uh, there still is an adjustment, and I found that uh, to be uh, to be very interesting. Well, Santiago, you uh, you worked uh, there at Temple for many years, and uh, but now you are in uh, Clarksville, Arkansas, and yes. uh, you are pastoring a church there. So, quickly tell us how uh, you uh, got to, to Clarksville, why you're in Clarksville, and tell us a little bit about your church. Sure. Well, it's another interesting thing. When I, the first time I started knowing about Arkansas and coming to Arkansas, the first thing that I did, um, it was to Google. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to Google to see why, uh, where is Arkansas? Where is the Spindle? Why you can find it in Spindle? You know, as, as a missionary, and well, at that time I didn't know that that was a good thing to do. I mm -hmm. just, come and say, okay, I need to know where I'm going. I don't have any idea where I'm going. So let's try, let's find some. And I don't know why I found out what, and I, I think it was Wikipedia, I don't know what it was, but it was reading that in Springdale and then Norwich, Arkansas, they have two headquarters, worldwide headquarters for two big companies. One was Warner and the other one was Tyson Foods. And I was thinking, well, Tyson's food, what they do? So I ended up knowing more about Tyson and oh, they they produce chicken meat and they 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 have farms. And I was thinking, well, God may use my veterinarian to get to come and to work for Tyson. So let's let's go there. Mm -hmm. So I came to 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 Springdale, and <laughs> it's interesting because the church where I, I was serving the temple is just across the street with the headquarters yeah. of Tyson's food is. Yeah. And I was like, wow, well, I ended up in front of Tyson. So my mind is, well, okay, maybe that was what God was leading me to do, you know? So but, uh, so what did you, uh, you were bivocational then. You were uh, 
partially supported by your church in Ecuador. And then you took a job uh, with um, Tyson doing what? Yes, uh, in 2015, I became a, a part-time chaplain. And, and that was a, a huge open door for me. Of course, uh, this position was in Clarksville. Hmm. So at that time I was traveling twice. I mean, uh, once a week, I was used to come the Mondays normally to, to work here as a part-timer for a couple of days and went back to, to Springdale to keep uh, working at the ministry there. So that I did that for almost two years, but since in the spring that didn't work in the way that we we were trying to make possible, we were trying to to, to have a, a bilingual church, and there is something that was diff quite different to, to do it because to have that uh, that kind of church, you have to have the whole church involved, mm -hmm. and what I mean is the whole church is everybody has to set up the mind that we're going to be open to something that we are not used to and we need to start learning things that we are not used to. we probably we didn't think to do so it was kind of uh, quite a challenge to do that so we and then we pray with pastor and i say pastor you know pastor i think this is not going to work unfortunately um, it's going to be different and the, the way that god was leading me and I didn't know it was different. God was leading me to come to our, to Clarksville and to live in Clarksville to become the pastor of one of the churches that at that time didn't have the pastor. Mm -hmm. We were for almost three years. Uh, it was a church here in, in an Hispanic church that didn't have a, a pastor. Mm -hmm. So God was using the time to be in the spring to, to use more adjustment on my life, to become a, a chaplain also for Tyson and to come to work in, in Clarksville uh, for two years, for two years as a part-timer. And that allowed me to get in contact with the team members, I mean, the persons that are working in the in, in Tyson on the company to, to start knowing them and then to know me. So that was the time when I started getting in contact with the members of the church where I ended up now being the pastor. Mm -hmm. So God was using a, a different way for me, ask me to come to get here in, in Clarksville he, he, and to live here and to minister here. So okay. in 2017, okay. I decided to come here and to live in Springdale. In Clarksville. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, let me, uh, are you still working with Tyson? Is that, are you still a chaplain uh, there for Tyson? Uh, yes, thanks okay. God. Now the door was open for a full-time position. Mm -hmm. So it's, a, it's an interesting ministry to be able okay. to minister people as a chaplain, you know, mm -hmm. a spiritual counselor. It's a great, great opportunity. And now being able that I, I work there full-time, so it's, it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, well, I, I I can only imagine that there are some great opportunities as you as a counselor and as a chaplain there for Tyson. Uh, obviously, you are able to uh, uh, share the gospel with uh, other people, and uh, and uh, at the same time, you're working as a pastor of the church. Now, you I think I heard you say that you uh, initially thought it was going to be a bilingual. Uh, congregation, uh, but it's not a bilingual uh, congregation now, is it? In, uh, in Springdale, you mean? No, in uh, Clarksville. No, no, no. In Springdale. When oh, I was looking at a bilingual church, it was uh, in Springdale. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So your church is in, what's the name of your church there in Clarksville? Yeah, it's, uh, well, in Spanish will be Iglesia Bautista Betelo, ba Betel Baptist Church. Bethel Baptist Church. Well, mm -hmm. uh, I had the privilege of uh, being with your church probably, was it a year ago, two years ago, uh, where you had uh, a bit of a mini missions conference. And so uh, I'm assuming that the church is carrying on uh, and supporting other missionaries? Well, actually, yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, it's been a blessing. Our church, um, when I came to the church in 2017, when I started meeting with them, they didn't have any concept of what a mission is all about. I mean, mm -hmm. they hear about it, they, they knew something about it, but they never got involved with mission culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, they was not teaching about that. That was not, um, they, they haven't been compromised to do something. Being a missionary and becoming from a mission church in Ecuador, my heart was uh, missions all the time, of course. Mm -hmm. And in Temple is something that I learned a lot as well. And then I saw Temple because that was a place where I actually met you yeah. uh, in 2013. And you remember we worked for a program and we ended up going to Ecuador in 2013 or 14, I don't remember exactly the year. Yeah. And we 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 spent um, we spent a, a, a week there, and we we brought the idea of uh, uh, cross culture missions to to our churches in Ecuador. That also was a, something for most of them a lot of uh, new knowledge because we don't we don't open up the mind to how important is cross culture missions feel is mm -hmm. how we can do that, how we can approach to, to reach those people, what the mission, missionary needs to, you know, start to learn about and to, to be prepared to, 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 to get to that. Well, so uh, it was, a, go ahead. I, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time uh, when I was with you there in Ecuador and meeting the pastors and uh, the uh, different church leaders in Ecuador. Why don't you just kind of, uh, if you can, just kind of uh, give us an overview of uh, where you think the, the Ecuadorian church is in terms of uh, sending out missionaries. And is, uh, has anyone uh, come from Ecuador to Morocco or uh, other parts of the world? And so just give us an overview of what's happening in the church in Ecuador that you, as you know it. Yes. Uh, well, um I would love to see uh, our churches be more committed and to send more missionaries to uh, to around the world. Uh, right now, we don't have um, actually missionaries from our churches from Ecuador going to another um, another um, continent. The only continent that we've been reaching right now is only uh, America. We have we have two missionaries here in the states. Uh, we have one missionary in Panama, another missionary that went to Argentina, and that's it right now. Now, my church in Ecuador has been supporting um, three missionaries. One that was in India, one is right now in Macedonia, uh, close uh, to, to uh, Greece, and uh, the other one is in um, one of the... Um, Middle East country, I you know, for which I cannot give names. Yeah, sure, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we, well, our church is supporting them right now. And it's been a blessing. We are so thankful for what they are doing right now and the opportunity for our church in Ecuador to be able to reach these areas. But our church having reached other continents yet, our church is in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. But that is our goal, to, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Now, what it was interesting to see now, and it's something that I was going to brought to you, is years ago with the, when I went to, to the Bible Institute, we just got only one mission class. It was missions, another another class, but it was not a detailed class with so many information that we do have right now as a church in Ecuador. And now we have, I think they have three different classes. Hmm. And right. one of them is cross-culture mission field. So yes, so we bring planting the seed. And so that is something that probably is gonna encourage you because we want to plant that seed <laughs> and now they're teaching about that. So it's a great thing. I mean, we are maybe going slow, yes, but we're heading there. So that <laughs> is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That is a blessing and that is encouraging. And uh, I'm glad that they're following up on that. Well, Santiago, I've really enjoyed uh, this opportunity to talk with you. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap this up? Yes, um, you just asked me about my church here. Mm -hmm. Actually, we last year, we uh, we have our second missions conference. You, you came to the very first one, and it was a blessing to have you there. Always, it was a blessing to, to share time with you and to hear from you. And that was the time that God was start using the first time um, missionaries and they start meet, um, uh, meeting people from other countries that are reaching people all over around the, the world. Mm -hmm. Right now, our church is start supporting two missionaries. One is in um, the family that was in India, right now is in Honduras, okay. waiting for the boards to, to be open and to be able to go to Thailand to ministry the Korean community there. Hmm. Korean are um, as, as a big agency that comes from minor, uh, but they're living as a refugee in, in, in Thailand. So this couple want, want to go to, to Thailand to work with another missionary that is reaching the Korean community in Thailand. So yeah, we are supporting them. And also we have another missionary, uh, another person who is working in, in, in Mexico this time. But our desire is to grow. We just start with this. We start just with a faith promise uh, offering uh, when you came. And it took a little bit of time for the people to start developing the culture of what soul mission is all about. We have right now people are, are involved in praying for missionaries. Every week we are, um, we are talking about one ethnicity and specifically we, we have a picture of the ethnicity, uh, the ethnic, Agnesi um, group, and we read about them, we know more about them, we pray for them, and we ask God to send somebody to that area. Mm -hmm. So we've been using a lot of things. So every week on Sundays, we have a 10 minutes window that we talk about missions, we talk about any uh, group, we talk about the need of the gospel around the world, and we pray for it. So we are on that way. We're uh, so thankful. That God has allowed me to do something that for years it was in my heart to, to have a church that has a passion for, for missions. And yes, again, part of the seed was planted by you. So I thought, thankful for your ministry, for what you're doing, going all over the world 
talking about how important this mission and you are you're doing a great job and so thankful for you well I, the ministry well that's very nice of you to say that um well listen uh Santiago, it's a, it's always been a blessing to talk with you and to, to hear your heart. And I do appreciate you coming on the, this podcast. And uh, so uh, in conclusion, I just want to say God bless you and the, the work that you're doing there in Clarksville, both as a pastor, as well as a chaplain, as well as uh, continuing to promote uh, missions, not only within your church, but the network that you're involved with. So uh, please greet uh, the, the the brothers and sisters there at the Bethel Baptist Church in uh, uh, Clarksville. Again, God bless you, and hope to see you again real soon. God bless you too, brother, and thank you again for a great opportunity. Uh, as always, it's a great to spend time with somebody who loves missions and brings me uh, to the side to do more and more. And thank you for all what you've been done all this year. And Thanks for your greetings to the church. I will let them know about it. Okay, good. Thank you. Well, isn't it interesting to listen to how God is working in the lives of people to advance his work around the world? From the faithful work of American missionaries like Jim Smith going to Ecuador, who God used to touch the heart of a young Ecuadorian like Santiago, who is now promoting global missions in his Hispanic church in Clarksville, Arkansas. The task of taking the gospel to every ethnic group in the world is indeed the mandate for every follower of Jesus Christ. Santiago mentioned that he and I went to Ecuador a few years back to challenge the church there for cross-cultural mission training. And as I record and publish this podcast today, I'm just two weeks from traveling to Kenya, where I will be teaching Kenyan missionaries how they too can take the gospel to people who have never heard the good news of Christ's salvation. You know, if I can be a help to you, your church, your missionaries, and cross-cultural studies, you can contact me by going to our website, lewis-training.com, where you will find my email address. Until next time, keep praying. Keep serving till the whole world hears about our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus. Jumbo Buana means hello, mister. Swahili ni raisi. It's no tongue twister. No problem. Welcome, friend. It's Karibu Rafiki. Let's have some chai with lots of iliki. No problem.